chapter number 8, Nehemiah chapter number 8. We're going to do something, I don't know why it's unusual, but we're going to do something a little bit unusual tonight. Uh, have you ever... What does the Word of God mean to you? What do, what do you like about the Word of God? It's truth, okay. It's dependable, okay, good. It what? Yeah, speaks to our heart, okay, good. Yeah, provides direction, that's good. It's a comfort, okay. Yeah. Absolutely, it is everything. It is everything. Yeah, it's true. It's very good. Uh, is everybody there? Nehemiah chapter number eight. Such a great passage. We won't stay here, uh, but I'd like to set the tone uh, for what we're about to do. Uh, verse number one, it says, And all the people gathered themselves together. Uh, as one man, they were unified. They all got together as one man uh, into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Uh, and so they, can you, can you picture this? They all gathered together as one man. How does a one man gather? Have you ever thought about that? How does one man gather Yeah. Have you ever gathered yourself? <laughs> you gathered your stuff, and then you were ready to go. Uh, when I gather myself to come to church, I gather myself, I get in the car, and then I wait for three women in my house to get ready and to come out and buckle themselves in so we can go. Uh, it would be awesome to gather together as one man. <laughs> and so... Uh, verse 2, it says, And Israel, the priest, brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. Can you imagine that, from the morning until midday? Uh, that's a lot of hours to listen to the reading of the Word of God. And yet there they are from morning to midday, before the men and women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were not listening. Is that what it says? No. It says they were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood which they had made for the purpose and uh, beside him stood uh, Mathathiah and Shema and Ananiah and Urijah and Hilkiah and his name, and on his right hand and his left hand, Padiah and Mishael and Milkiah and Hashem and Hashbadana and Zechariah and Meshulam. And if somebody knows the, the real pronunciation, I'm sure you'll let me know afterwards. But uh, verse number five, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, 
all the people stood up, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Look at verse number 8. It says, a vital phrase that we should not skip over. It says, so they read in the book in the law of God distinctly. So they read. So tonight I'd like to present the word of God so we can read. Uh, my wife and I have been studying in Matthew. Uh, we just finished the Sermon on the Mount uh, together and uh, we're trying to outline it as we go. And so we just finished outlining uh, Matthew chapter 5 through 7 there and uh, the Sermon on the Mount. But the thing I want to un help us understand is these people, unified, wanted to hear the Word of God. They got together in order to listen attentively to the Word of God. I think that's what our desire is tonight. We're gathering together on purpose, the same unified purpose to listen to the Word of God. And so tonight I would like to read uh, just verbatim from the Word of God, Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. And so if you would turn with me to the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it takes great effort and concentration to listen to the Word of God as it's being read. It's a spiritual exercise. Uh, it's a spiritual book that is being communicated. Um, but we have the Spirit within us to listen to it. Uh, and so uh, we, we have to get our minds prepared for this exercise. Um, how many have ever daydreamed during the reading of the Word of God? Has anybody ever done that? Uh, has anybody ever uh, watched the Word scroll by, but you have no idea what you're reading <laughs> as pastors reading it from the pulpit, maybe? Uh, maybe you're thinking about bills or letting your mind wander to, to other things as pastors reading. And so uh, as I read tonight, don't allow your mind to daydream. And if you find yourself daydreaming or skipping off on uh, somewhere else, uh, just pull back in. And say, no, I, I am going to focus. Uh, some of the tricks that, uh, one of the tricks I learned from a preacher uh, in Bible college, he said when a boring speaker would get up and, and preach, uh, he said he would do little things. He would pick up the toe of his foot off the ground, and so that way every time the toe went down, he would wake up. And, and so whatever you have to do to try to keep your mind, the Jews, when they prayed at the Western Wall, they would, you know, they, they, they rock back and forth, and uh, I guess that helps them concentrate a little bit more, but... Uh, don't just let your mind run away. Uh, it's the Word of God. Uh, they, they listened in Nehemiah attentively, on purpose, to hear uh, what God had to say. And uh, I think Jesus' words here in Matthew chapter 5 uh, through 7 are just so full uh, of stuff for us today. Now, certainly we can't ingest three chapters of Jesus' words and just and just memorize them. Maybe, maybe you can. I, I cannot. And so as the Holy Spirit brings to mind a, maybe a subject that we uh, start reading through or the Holy Spirit says, yeah, you need to work on that, starts poking your heart, maybe take a minute and write down a couple thoughts that the Holy Spirit gives you so you can meditate on uh, one or two of those subjects this week. And uh, it's been said that the Sermon on the Mount is the great jewel of all the teaching of Christ recorded in Scripture. There is no portion of the Holy Scriptures for which mankind 
at large express so great a reverence as that which is called the Sermon on the Mount. A.W. Pink said this, We do not think uh, that W. Perkins went too far when he said, The Sermon on the Mount, it may, be justly, or, um, it may justly be called the key of the whole Bible, for here Christ openeth the sum of the Old and New Testaments. And so, uh, and that's true. Christ is giving us a whole lot in just a short span uh, of chapters. And so, as we go through this, I hope that you'll keep attentive um, pray for me as I go through it that I don't stumble on my words. Uh, I'll pray for you as you go through it so that you, your mind does not wander. And uh, as the Holy Spirit um, pricks your heart on a subject, write it down and say, maybe underline a phrase or write in the margin or on a piece of paper and, uh, and say, yes, I am going to meditate on that this week, God. I will help. Uh, I will make sure that I uh, am obedient. So let's pray, and then I'll begin reading here in Matthew chapter number 5. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word. God, I pray that you would help it not to just be my reading. Lord, I pray that we would understand these words as words from on high, words that Jesus himself spoke here on this earth, words that have been recorded and preserved for us in heaven, words that we can hold in our hand here on earth, the revelation from you. God, these are holy words and righteous words. God, I pray that you would help us to apply them to our life, Lord, that we would understand them and live them and be better Christians for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden Underfoot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let me just pause there. That, that's super needed, isn't it? Letting our light so shine before men started thinking this afternoon of uh, this uh, coronavirus and doing some, uh, making sure that we are on the right track as an organization, as a church to uh, be responsible. And there was this uh, thought that came to me that we can be ugly as Christians, say, oh, that's just the media, uh, or that's just 
that's just, we're blowing it out of proportion, you know, everybody gets the flu, and that's probably true. Uh, or we could be Christian and just say, my Lord, he's in control. He's a sovereign God. And if we are the light, we are reflecting his light. We're not angry at the government, we're reflecting God's light. We're not angry at the media, <laughs> we're reflecting God's light. And so when we look at this, let your, verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way first. Be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Now notice... Uh, there, who has to go to who? Your brother has ought against you. He's got something that he's bitter towards you about. But it, if you know about that, it's your job to go to him. Uh, verse number, where, where do we leave off? 24. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Look at verse 25. Agree with thine adversary quickly. There's, that's interesting, isn't it? Agree with thine adversary. Agree with thine adversary quickly whilst thou art in the way with him. Lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the utmost farthing. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let, her, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. 
and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Notice king is capitalized. Verse number 36. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Ye have heard that it hath been said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him on the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that ask, asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? But ye therefore, or be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven, or which is in heaven, is perfect. So far, so good, right? Your brains are engaged. Okay, let's go on to chapter 6. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, <laughs> as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not, thy right, uh, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, Enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but, del but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. 
Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Isn't that the truth? The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body. What, she, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than the meat, and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What great words of wisdom. Chapter 7, verse number 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam uh, is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Uh, so much could be said about that one, right? Verse number six. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. 
Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. For what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things, whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. I want you to catch this. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I hope that you were able to keep your mind engaged to the reading of God's word. It takes discipline. It takes work. Did anybody, did anybody admit to floating in and out a little bit? No, a little bit. Okay, we have we have one honest person. Okay, <laughs> no, just and so uh, this they read attentively. I mean, what are we doing if we're going to come to church and not listen attentively? Why would we do that? Uh, it takes exercise and diligence uh, to do it. Uh, I, we don't need to be stiff and stuffy, and but at the same time. There should be this sincerity, this earnestness that we bring into the house of God, this uh, somber spirit, this seriousness that we just approach the Word of God with. And God is trying to speak to us. I was speaking to our OBI class last night about God revealing His Word to mankind. 
God revealed his word because he wanted us to have it. He's not trying to just hide his word. And so God revealed his word, and then he inspired men to pen it down. And once the men penned it down, now he preserved it uh, generation after generation, according to Psalm chapter 12, just so we could have it. And so God has gone through all of these steps for us to have the word of God. He wants us to be able to grasp it, to get it. And so when we read about people like uh, Nehemiah and those Israelites uh, standing for that first part of that day, mid, uh, morning to midday, uh, three to six hours there, just listening attentively to the Word of God. We, we sat through maybe, what, 15-ish, 20 minutes of reading, um, and, and, and our minds like to go. It's good, it's good for us to get into these exercises and know I am going to engage with the Word of God. That's why I think it's important that we uh, stay off of our cell phones during church. That's why we, uh, we uh, I don't know if you're one of the adults that likes to color or not. I have no idea. I'm not preaching about that. If you're, if you're one of those people that has to color, you go for it. It's up to you. But uh, we should be engaged with the Word of God. Uh, when pastor's preaching, we should read and lay our eyes on this precious book. Uh, it should not be something that we just let uh, our minds handle flippantly. This is the words of God. Uh, God has given them to us in the words of Miss Ruth. They're everything. Uh, they, they are all we have for our faith and practice. Uh, and so when we approach the word of God, May we do it like those people back in Nehemiah's day did. May we approach it and engage our ears attentively. Make sure that we are tuned in to what God is trying to say to us uh, and not just, oh, it's just another service. It's just another time. Uh, I've heard this story before. Uh, I've heard a message similar to this once. I know where he's going with this. May we approach this book as the words of God that we need for us, for, for this present time, uh, specifically for uh, how God is trying to shape and mold us. Maybe the, one of the reasons that God is having to repeat the same stories to you is so you get it. <laughs> You're not quite there yet, maybe. And so, uh, so maybe that's why he keeps leading you back. Oh, I've heard that. And uh, if you would, take your Bibles. Go back to Nehemiah chapter 8. I want to end with this thought right here. Nehemiah chapter 8. Before we finish, is there anybody that had a favorite part of the Sermon on the Mount there?
Absolutely. Oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, we, uh, God, God reminds me all the time. And I hope he reminds all of you all the time. But uh, one thing that I try never to do is to stack things on my Bible. Uh, I, I always, it, it, it gets me in trouble. Because the other day I had, to, I had to bring up a whole bunch of chips. And it would have been easy to just throw them on my Bible so I could get them all in one trip. And the Holy Spirit said, how much do you care about my word? <laughs> and so, uh, now listen, if you stack chips on your Bible and take it, that's on you, okay? But the Holy Spirit won't let me do that. Uh, he and I have been chatting about this thing for a long, long time. And, uh, and that's just something that I do. It's, it's, it's not written in the Bible that we're not allowed to stack things on, on, on written copies of the word of God. But I know, for me, I can't do it. Uh, when, when, when I sit up here, uh, on the platform, uh, we sing hymns, and when I when I go to set my hymn book down, the Holy Spirit just He's in my head. He just says, "Don't put the hymn book on the Bible," and so I so I, I switch it, make sure that the Bible's on top. And so, uh, and and I'm just using personal examples because that's that's what I know. Uh, but we we must come to the Word of God with with a reverence. Uh, we we lose that. Uh, yes, sir. Sure. When I read the word in the morning, it's like, this is what I pray. This is what I do. I'm like, it's so special. Just so special. It's good. Any, uh, any passages that stuck out to you in Matthew chapter 5 through 7 there? Anything that, yes, sir? Okay, the moat and the beam there. Yep, yep. Good. You've got a really big beam. They've got a tiny speck. Yeah. It also says that you will properly know how to do that. <laughs> it might just be, well, I guess I won't say anything. <laughs> Good. When, when I look in the mirror, I just have so many beams in my eye that I don't have time to go find somebody's speck. good. If you ever, they need to know how I feel. Yeah. I was convicted and released at the same time when my brother came in and got put in that isolation and it doesn't say what kind of time. It says now they're released and they're fine. 
It'd be great to be retired to all you have to do is read the Word of God, right? I, I'm just messing with, with the older people in this room. <laughs> Holy Spirit makes fun. <laughs> and then I, I had written in my Bible there were a lot of days I could sit down and just talk to God. And that was my thing. My husband and I, about two weeks later, sat down one morning. <clears throat> he went out to the living room. And I read my Bible because he read with me. Otherwise, we'd wind up talking to each other. And laughing about things we were doing. Yeah. Anybody else have anything that stuck out to them? Yes, ma'am. Breathe a big sigh of relief. <sighs> yeah, it's good. Anybody else? All right, let's look at Nehemiah chapter number eight. Verse number eight. And so they read the book, in the book, in the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The first three words, so they read. So they read. Um, the reading of God's word is powerful. The reading of God's word will change our life as long as we are attentive to it. And God wants us to be changed. Uh, it truly is uh, something that God has designed for us to do. He wants us to do it. And so as we read his word this week, uh, I, I, my prayer is that it will take on so much more of an importance for you. Uh, don't just approach it as something you have to check off. Approach it as something that, I, 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 this is the word of God. And God is revealing something to me. He has inspired people thousands of years ago to pen it down. He has preserved it thousands of years for me to be able to hold a copy of it in my hand. What is he trying to say to me today? And when we can approach the Word of God with that much gravity, that much seriousness, I think our devotional lives will become a whole lot better. Our preparation in coming to church will be a whole lot better because we are coming to hear the Word of God being preached. Uh, the, the unified spirit, that, and, and we're, we're all coming in as one to hear the Word of God, uh, will be that, that serious, grave, what does God have for me, spirit. And I'm not talking, we, we can have good singing, we can have uh, lively jokes, uh, but when we come to hear the word of God, I hope that, I hope that there's this seriousness about it. Uh, this, is, this is what God is speaking to me about. And so I hope that's a blessing to you. Thank you for letting me do that. I know it's a little bit different than what we would normally do, um, but 
Uh, I, I had another sermon prepared on mountains. <laughs> I'll preach that next time I preach probably, but uh, there's, the Lord says to do this, so I did. But may the Lord bless the reading of his word uh, in, your, in your homes this week and, uh, and tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for being such a holy God. And yet, Lord, you were so loving to fallen man. You gave us your word and showed us how we could be saved. You allowed us to take part in your glory. Lord, you humbled yourself for us. Lord, thank you for doing that. Thank you for being a good God to us. God, I pray that as we go throughout this week, Lord, that we would take your word with care. Lord, it would be meaningful to us, Lord, that we wouldn't take it lightly. Lord, every single word that we read would be so impactful to our lives. Lord, I pray that we would read it and have a sincerity towards it. Lord, it's a mirror that shows us who we are and what we need to become. Lord, I pray that we would approach that with care. Lord, thank you so much for what you've done for us. Thank you for the night. Would you pray that you would go with us as we go in Jesus' name? Amen. All right. Thank you so very much.